Hello and welcome to the Midwest Innovation Podcast, a co-production of The Mill and Dialtis. I'm Jeremy Brilliant, your host from Dialtis. And I'm Heath Murray, also from Dialtis. Uh, and I am Andy Lehman, uh, not from Dialtis, but from The Mill. I'm head of Accelerator Programming here. All right. And we'd like to introduce our wonderful guests today from NSWC Crane, Jenna Dix, who is the Director of External Engagement, and Ann Fields-Lucas, the Director of the Naval X Midwest Tech Bridge. Welcome, ladies. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks Great to be us. here. I think we want to get kicked off and just talk about kind of your roles and what you do at Crane. Jenna, maybe we can start with you. Absolutely. So in the Office of Engagement, we are responsible for outreach and advocacy and developing strategic partnerships that really help to um, ensure the long-term viability of the organization. So the idea is that we're partnering with folks who have um, mutual equities across our different technology verticals or mutual interest in seeing growth happen in the region and particularly in the Westgate Tech Park. So we spend a lot of time engaging with regional partners, nonprofits, local governments, state government, and of course the federal government as well. And and the Midwest Tech Bridge what is it? What's the mission? Yeah, absolutely. So Naval X, the organization where tech bridges fall under, uh, was established in 2019. It was an ASN RDA um, initiative. Um, and, and really the idea of the tech bridges is to be a connected network across the continental and outside the continental United States, um, connecting those organizations that are sort of co-located with different warfare centers. Um, the idea is to be that network to increase collaboration across the Department of the Navy, uh, work through uh, knowledge sharing across those organizations as well, and also enhance innovation and transition for the warfighter. That's a lot. <laughs> how, many, how many tech bridges are there? There's currently 18. So okay. when it first started, there was originally five. Um, so Crane was one of the first five. I think we're pretty pretty proud of that distinction. And then they it's sort of grown from there. So there's currently a tech bridge, um, really other, multiple tech bridges up and down each coast. Um, there's one in Hawaii, one in Japan, uh, one in London, which I hear is like downtown in a really good spot. So great That's place cool. to go and collaborate if you need to. And then um, there's actually one uh, coming online in Australia as well. I did not know about Australia. These all sound like way more exciting places to be than Bloomington. <laughs> what? Uh, how did you end up here uh, in this area doing this work? How did you? Yeah. How did you get your started at, with the Tech Bridge? Yeah. So so personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I um, I'm from Bloomington originally. Uh, fun fact. Um, I didn't really know much about Crane growing up, um, but my dad would be offended if he knew that because my family actually owned like that first 80 acres when you go on the Crane base. Um, so in 1938, when the organ or when uh, really the the area that now is Crane was procured, my family was then moved to the Owensburg area. So got kind of deep roots um, with the Crane organization. I left and went away. I was in the army for about 10 years. Um, came back and still feel strongly about the mission for our warfighters and supporting them. And it's, it's just pretty sweet personally because I feel like I get to live the world of still supporting the warfighter while living in the heartland. It's a pretty, pretty sweet deal. That's cool. You know, this area we have for Crane, you know, even though it's, you know, what, third largest naval base in the world? Is that correct? Yep. Third yeah, largest. Right. Yes. Yep. And 66,000 acres. I love telling people that, mm -hmm. uh, that are not from the Midwest. They're like, wait, you said naval base? My favorite fun fact is that you could pick Washington, D.C. up and put it inside our gates. Someday. And still have room That's left over. Someday. Right? <laughs> it helps people visualize the vastness of the, the property that we have. Just so long as that 
never ever happens, yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in good shape. So, Jenna, I guess with that, you know, we all know what goes on at Crane, you know, from our connections with the mill and, you know, Crane and, and Dialtus and the state and everything we do. Can you kind of talk about some of the, you know, economic impacts of that as far as innovation and working with um, outside the gates, if you will? Because even though it's 35 minutes away, I think some people are still, you know, like, we know what Crane is, but how do we engage? What's the impact of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from the economic standpoint for Southern Indiana, um, we are the third largest employer behind the IU Hospital Network and Toyota. Um, so when it comes to uh, the combination of our civilian and contractor workforce, we're at almost 6,000 people. Um, so a pretty significant number of jobs that are located there within um, the base. And the the average salary is over 100000 And so when you think about the total economic impact that includes, you know, the contracts we award, um, the salaries, the money that we're taking in, um, where our business base is over $3 billion. So a pretty significant economic driver um, for the region. It's something I grew up with. I grew up in Linton. You know, everyone knew someone that worked at Crane, um, went to Purdue, went back to Crane, you know, himself wound up there working on the IT side and just growing out into it. And I really want to go, you know, kind of lead up with both what the tech bridge and what you're doing with external engagement, Jenna, is actually, you know, the traditional contractor role, I guess, is you come in, you win a contract and you work at Crane, right? I love what you guys are doing with kind of the opposite of that. You know, one's not better than the other, but you're reaching out to the mill. You're reaching out and getting the innovators, the the inventors. You know, that's how we we met. Yep. So I think that's really neat. If you guys could elaborate on maybe some of the ways that maybe the tech bridge or crane itself, I know it's one and the same, but it's not. Some of the stuff we've done at the mill, just seeing the engagement side reaching out instead of us reaching in. Yeah, absolutely. So from the standpoint of where those of us around this table really started to first work together, um, one of those outputs of innovation that happens in the lab that I didn't mention before is intellectual property, right? So we currently have over 300 active patents right now. And so one of the missions of the tech transfer office where I used to reside in something that the tech bridge is heavily focused in is how do you take that technology that was developed for a Navy purpose and get it into the hands of an entrepreneur or a small business who can find and create a dual use for the technology. And so that's where, you know, the partnership with the mill and with Altus has really grown in highlighting crane technologies available for licensing, supporting local startups and entrepreneurs through the process. So that's something I think that is kind of near and dear to my heart, but it's really exciting to see folks that succeed in that, right? To have folks create small businesses around Navy developed technologies and then stand be really standing up their own their own facilities and their own entities. I couldn't agree more. I think that is something that we are working with everyone at the table and around it is to make that interaction known. Something I didn't know about, but now it's like, maybe this gold mine right here to do all. And we have all the, the thinkers and the inventors for the inventors at Crane, the thinkers at the mill and everyone in between are, are actually much closer than what we you know, originally thought. And when you put all those things together, right? Like it's, it's really magical whenever you can take a piece of, of intellectual property that might at first seem somewhat complex or hard to understand, but then you take that patent and the engineer or scientist who created it and sit them down with an entrepreneur who's working out of the mill and they can start to have conversations on what's in the realm of possible. What could I do? What could I do with this? And, you know, it's, 
it's a totally different experience than somebody just looking at a website or through a catalog of technologies, right? But to really offer that that scientist, you know, the time with the entrepreneur and you get all those different pieces together, it's it's super helpful. Absolutely. And you know, from you leaving it in the hands of Maria and Annie and the rest of the T2 office right now, they're doing a fantastic job of of working with externally, you know, in, engaging people. Um, and I think that's one of the, the things that I like about this table. And I'm talking a lot, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Um, what, you, you know, I, I get excited. I get excited about this stuff. I was, was going to say, we're, yeah. we're used to it. Right? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Keep talking. Uh, give me a beer and we'll be here all day. Um, or bourbon. Um, I is, think scotch was mentioned earlier. I, well, I'm, I'm not taking <laughs> I did not know that this was going to go in this direction. This <laughs> yes. But boom. We're there. Uh, okay. It's Friday afternoon. You know, right. I'm just excited to see, I think people sometimes think as the government as a whole, is, is, is it scary? It's big. But when they see people like you and Anne and people we work with, like, oh, we actually want to work and want to externally engage. So a shout out to you guys and the teams of, of the people we work with and the scientists, the PMs, to everyone in between. Yeah. So just real quick, I think one of the most important parts of Anne's role and even um, my role as director of engagement is to kind of demystify mm-hmm. the, the government and, and the federal government and specifically NSWC Crane, right? Like having opportunities to be in the, in the community and talk to folks who might have that preconceived notion of, oh, it's, you know, it's big and bureaucratic and hard to work with and I don't even know where to start. It's just that conversation of, no, we're, we're, we're real people. We love to, you know, to work with other folks and really start to kind of break down those barriers. But just to add, you know, I, the idea of if we are ever in a situation where there's a war happening, we need the defense industrial base to be there to fall back on. So Crane is, it can be big and scary from the outside looking in, but I think um, having that understanding of that we cannot be successful without the ecosystem and the, the industry and the academic institutions and the small businesses and the innovators out there that are driving technology to our warfighters too. So I think I think just having that understanding that we really are here to help. We really are like normal people. You know, if we don't know the answer, we can certainly get it and kind of help vector people through the process to, to bring those folks into the defense industrial base. I was just going to say too, coming at it from the other side, from the mill side, like Again, I had no experience working with Crane, Department of Defense, really the federal government at all. Sure, there's time delays, there's levels of bureaucracy to go to, but I knew that between Jenna, Annie, and like everybody who was there, like if I had a question, it was answered. I knew what was needed of us on the mill to um, get a contract ready and a proposal ready to go and when you needed it and like... Um, so I didn't have to worry about like all of those other internal machinations that needed to happen. All I knew was, okay, you need this from me. I'm going to get it to you. And then we can get rolling on, on some of this exciting work that we're doing. And I think you're probably hitting on something that we talk about all the time being from the Midwest is we all work well together. I feel like more so than maybe in other regions in the country, we're willing to kind of like put our egos aside and just kind of like roll up our sleeves and and work well together. Um, one of the most interesting things I think from my point of view is, you know, you have the defense industrial base, but then you have people like Andy who maybe had no contact with Crane. And you have a lot of people right here in the mill and in other places in the in the state and, and beyond who are doing really interesting things. And they have no idea how to engage with the DOD or they think whatever they're working on isn't pertinent. And they're probably wrong. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's one of the places the Tech Bridge kind of comes in. So one of our one of our goals at the Tech Bridge is to 
Um, I, you know, the way I say it is expand and engage the internal and external network. What that means is that we spend a lot of time trying to understand the problems that our technical line departments have. So those folks, those engineers, those management teams, those people who are managing uh, and, and doing the day-to-day -day work at Crane. We try to understand what their thrust areas are, what their problems are, and then we also try to understand what's happening in the external ecosystem. So what is available, what technology is happening out here with really the intention of making some connections between them. So another way to think about it is problem owners and solution providers. Sometimes we may not have the salute or the problem here in the crane area, but we can also try to make connections uh, for those folks who may have a technology locally, connect them uh, via that network we talked about a bit ago, the Naval X network and others um, across warfare centers and beyond um, to find that problem owner that may be out there. So I can't, we can't not have this conversation and it has to be a little self-serving because we have to talk about propels a little bit. Is that, is that okay? Please. Yeah, okay. that'd be awesome. Um, so we did, so we did our first one uh, last year, mid-April, um, ton of fun. Uh, we're getting ready to do our next one. I think we've circled April 26th as the day uh, for, for the event and I, I, know, I, I know the background, right? But I would love to hear, because Jenna was in, you were in a different role at that time. I would kind of love to hear from you, like, how did, how did that come about on the crane side? Uh, and then we, it, was a t it was a pilot, right? We weren't sure we were going to do another one. And so how did we get to, like, version 2.0 that we're going to do here in, in, like, another month or so? 18 months or so ago, um, you know, Annie and I were talking about how do we better engage with the entrepreneur network in Bloomington, right? So we had um, kind of established relationships in little pockets in different regions around the state, but we had never really harnessed what is right here in Monroe County. As we started thinking about that um, and how do we help expose the folks in Monroe County to the crane mission and the opportunities to engage with us and again, those technologies that we've developed at the lab, um, you know, the, the mill was, you know, who came to mind, like, you know, they have such a great network of entrepreneurs that you all work with. You have all this experience with accelerator programming and all of these different things. And we're like, you know, I think there's something there. You know, there's an opportunity for us to partner, to, to bring uh, technologies to the table and help expose the Bloomington community to the work happening at Crane. And of course, leveraging um, the accelerator expertise that Andy Yu and the mill has. And so um, that not night um, of the the tech expo so for propels last year um, we kind of kicked it off with crane scientists and engineers here at the mill showing like demonstrating their technologies to folks um, that was such a fun night like it was just uh, we had such a great time we had a really good turnout a lot of conversations with people that I you know I have continued um, to have and grow relationships with and then, um, you know, the, we had received external funding to support Propels from the Office of Naval Research. And it was such a big success that, you know, they, they wanted to fund it again and say, OK, now let's do it again. And then how can we scale it so that other ecosystems other than just the uplands in southern Indiana have an opportunity um, to engage in the same type of programming? 
Awesome. Man, it was it was such a good time. It was. It, it was. was. A great it was night. a fun night. It was a really good time. And then the accelerator, you know, that followed, you know, Andy working with all the entrepreneurs and we had licenses uh, come out of that, you know, it fed into the IP pitch competition that Radius and several other regional partners um, host and uh, just a lot of really exciting things happen in there. A couple creatives too, right? Absolutely. So the cooperative research and development agreements that we work with small businesses and others, like just a, a lot of good stuff came from that. And then it's expanding Propels Plus. It is, absolutely. So we did a Naval X Tech Bridge quarterly hosted here at the mill. Thank you, Andy and team. You, everyone loved it. Everyone loves the architecture. Everyone loved everything about it. So that was great. Um, but we took um, one day and did sort of a roadshow of Crane for those uh, folks from the different warfare centers. And uh, Diana Teal, who is the Tech Bridge director down in Central Florida at NOC TSD, um, she heard the Propel's pitch or kind of the overview of what Propels was. And then she also heard um, a presentation from Annie that went over how much um, IP Crane has. And, um, you know, we have over 300 pieces of IP in our portfolio. And at NOC TSD, they don't have quite so much. And so she thought it was a great opportunity to showcase the Crane IP down in the Orlando ecosystem. So the idea is, is that we'll do something similar. The accelerator looks a little bit different uh, for Propels Plus, but we're effectively taking what was sort of tried out here for Propels, expanding it across that sort of connected network we talked about that Naval X has, and we're trying to uh, kind of push it down in the Orlando area. So I'm super excited to see where that goes. Um, hopefully, if it's successful and we get Kratos and other uh, beneficial things from it, we hope to do that sort of on a at least annual, if not uh, twice a year sort of rotation. All right, let's talk about Westgate a little bit, uh, Jenna, and the expansion there. Uh, and for those who don't know about Westgate and what it is, Maybe you could explain what that is and its purpose. And then there is a, a master plan to really uh, expand it substantially. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Westgate Tech Park is a certified tech park just outside the Westgate of Crane. So there you go, the name. It's uh, kind of right at that intersection of Martin Davies Green Counties. Um, an interesting thing, right, to have all the different counties having a, having a spot there. But we have long understood from a strategic perspective that, you know, to Anne's point earlier about just how important partnerships are, um, you know, we fully recognize that the challenges that face our nation are real and they're hard and we're not always going to be able to do it alone. We have to be willing and able to reach outside of the gate and partner um, and bring others into that problem solving. And so the Westgate Tech Park and having our defense industrial base partners and academic partners um, come and locate outside of our gates is something that has always been really important to us, right? Um, so the Westgate um, has been through the master planning process. So the Regional Opportunities Initiatives, um, ROI, was able to put together um, some uh, master planning and a kind of an uplands defense strategy that all kind of feed into what are we doing at Westgate? What should Westgate look like? What do we want Westgate to look like? So lots of movement really happening in the last couple of years with regard to opportunities there. Um, the first uh, and most notable really is in November, we had a, a groundbreaking event for what we call Westgate One. So this is um, an advanced packaging fabrication facility for microelectronics. So we hear a lot about the importance of microelectronics and the passage of um, the CHIPS Act championed by 
by um, Senator Young. But as part of that, um, you know, the microelectronics is one of Crane's core technical equities, right? So um, we lead the DOD in not only the test and evaluation equipment that we have um, on center, but also with the number of people that we have supporting. Like we have, we have all that we we have the nation's national leading experts in in microelectronics, and so we have a lot of opportunity to bring folks in and have folks be at Westgate. So Westgate One um, is this advanced packaging facility. Um, The initial phase of the project is a planned um, 100,000 square foot building built on 10 acres um, there within the tech park. It's expected to bring over 550 jobs to the area between like 2024 and 2028. It's a conglomeration really of four microelectronics companies that have all committed to join the primary tenant of the park, which will be in, or the, the building, which will be enhanced semiconductors. Um, but as enhanced has come in and made the commitment to Westgate One, um, four other companies have come in, Reliable Microsystems, Ever Spin Technologies, Trusted Semiconductor Solutions, and most recently Draper Labs. So just to have the opportunity to have all these leading semiconductor companies in this facility right outside the gate is just something that is really exciting for us. And we've received a ton of support from the state and the local governments and and tax incentives and things like that that have been provided to these companies for the building. It's about a $300 million investment by the companies just for the specialized equipment. Um, And the facility itself is expected to be around an $84 million facility. I did not know that part. (laughs) You know, for living in this world, there's a lot I didn't know. I think with that, Jenna, even here, Andy, you're going to see that up here. I know you already have at least a couple companies discussing you know, semiconductors and signal processing and stuff that I have no idea what's going on, but I know it's important, um, electronically speaking. Yes. There's a couple of folks out here that are working in that realm, and I uh, very politely nod my head and ask how I can help, and then they tell me, and then I get them connected to way smarter people than me. Phone a friend. Yeah. And there's only going to be more of that, I think. I mean, this is like this is just the beginning. That's fine. I have, yeah. I have lots of friends, and so I have plenty of people to connect them to. It just goes back to that highway we're talking about, right? People here can, can shoot down to Westgate, talk to the large primes, the engineers, the scientists, back and forth. Legitimately, I-69 coming from here is more than just, you know, a good analogy. It's connecting it very quickly. You know, you don't don't have that in a place with a lot of traffic or it's too far out there. So the ability to just shoot back and forth is, um, and, and some of the larger primes out there just to have, you know, that type of backbone to help start and kick off some of these non-traditionals is just really cool. Absolutely. And if I, if I may, you may Andy, you know what the halfway point is between Indy and crane, the mill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. And we've got some stuff happening uh, in our neck of the woods, too, as far as uh, new buildings and things, too. That's exciting. So there's a lot of, like, new development happening in these in tech parks and trades districts, and it's all very, very exciting. And actually, that's a great point because with the expansion of the mill and, and here, even in some of the things that are happening in Indianapolis and other cities, you could be working on a project with the Navy and not be at Crane or Westgate. You could be remote and, and working in other areas and still supporting what's going on there. 
Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is very exciting when you think about all of the different opportunities that are found, right? Um, The things happening here in Bloomington with the mill, the things happening at Westgate, future opportunities at Westgate, Indianapolis. I mean, we can't forget about all the really great things happening up in West Lafayette with Purdue. And I mean, I'm wearing red. I'm just saying. You have the the manufacturing up in the northern part of the state and then our friends in Fort Wayne. Uh, Nick will get mad at me if I don't mention Fort Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. And then even our surrounding states. You know, Dayton's not that far. You know, Detroit, uh, NASA Glenn, all that stuff, who, who were working with us. There's a lot to be said for the state angle, right, and the support of uh, the governor's office and IEDC and Secretary Chambers and just that the way that everybody um, is really kind of coming together to, to make a lot of these opportunities happen. And speaking of coming together, let's talk about the Midwest Defense Innovation Summit. That was perfect. Really well done, Heath. I see what you did there. It's like an alley-oop. It was beautiful. Um, Yes, so thank you for bringing up the Midwest Defense Innovation Summit. So we are planning the second annual Midwest Defense Innovation Summit in partnership with Dialtus, which we're super excited about. The plan is to have that um, late October this year. And uh, the idea is to partner with different uh, DOD organizations across the uh, Midwest area. I know uh, NASA Glenn has signed up and the Army Research Lab out of the Chicago area has signed up. So those are two that I think we can mention um, more to follow. But the idea is, is that this event will really shine a light on what's happening in the Midwest um, with regards to kind of driving innovation. Um, This event will feature two different sort of technologies technology threads. Uh, One day will be focused on microelectronics and the other one will be focused on additive manufacturing. And we hope to really have um, a large presence from Advanced manufacturing. Sorry. Did I say additive? Yes, my bad. But uh, we hope to have, you know, policymakers there, government, industry, academia, small businesses, maybe some some non-traditional organizations as well as some non-traditional presenters that you wouldn't typically see at some of these um, DOD-ish type conferences. And if you don't know what non-traditional means, we're talking about small businesses who don't traditionally have a relationship with the Department of Defense. Yes. So new entrants. And maybe a happy hour or two. Definitely a happy hour. Always booze with this group, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, we could do a happy hour and record an episode up there, right? It may be already logged in somewhere. This is me like trying to get an invite to a thing that I have no business being at. <laughs> no, actually, you're going to be there. Oh, okay. Absolutely. You just don't know about you're it. You're already yet. on the guest list. I don't. Andy. I don't. Know. It's true. Wonderful. You are. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. We could go on and on and on, but we're not going to. I mean, we're almost at 30 minutes. We've kept these these fine folks long enough, right? Uh, wait, before we leave, Ian, was, was, is there anything you would like to, to leave us with today? Anything we didn't get to that you want to mention? Um, I guess what I would mention is if there's anyone listening to this podcast out in podcast world and you want to know more about the Midwest Tech Bridge, there's kind of two ways to do that. Um, you can go to secnav, S-E-C-N-A-V dot navy dot mil, and there's um, hyperlinks to different tech bridges on there so you can learn about the different tech bridges and Naval X in general. And then also you can always reach out to me. Um, my email is offensively long because the Navy keeps changing it. <laughs> so I'm not going to bore you with that, but um, reach out to anybody at the Miller Dialysis and they can link you to me if you guys want to learn more about the Midwest Tech Bridge. Yeah, there's like seven people that listen to this. (laughs) I think there's a good 10. Jenna, anything you wanted to leave us with today? 
Um, I just, you know, appreciate the opportunity to, to be a part of this today. I'm really excited about the Midwest Defense Innovation Summit. Look forward to seeing you there, Andy. Yes. Um, <laughs> Probably. And, uh, yeah. Maybe. We'll see, I guess. The Uplands region is special. The Midwest is special. And I know that you all uh, recognize that and just that sense of regionalism um, that's really embraced here, I think, uh, makes all of us uh, better at what we do. All right. Thanks so much, Jenna Dix and Ann Fields Lucas. Jenna is the Director for External Engagement and is the Director of the Naval X Midwest Tech Bridge, both from Naval Surface Warfare Center Crane Division. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.